You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, Episode 80. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, President of Advisor Solutions. Do you ever wonder why some financial advisors and insurance agents connect with centers of influence and you don't? Well, if so, know this. You are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers don't have an effective way to connect with centers of influence, and they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they've never really looked at having an effective center of influence campaign as something that's a step-by-step process that they can duplicate over and over again to get a steady stream of prospects. So what do you do? Well, you have two choices. You can keep doing what you're doing, and you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Or you could learn how to create an effective center of influence campaign. That's what we're going to talk about today. How to make connections with centers of influence so that they give you a steady stream of prospects and you get to the next level. So, if you're ready to learn how to have an effective center of influence campaign, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to create an effective center of influence campaign? Well, think of it this way. All successful accountants and attorneys at some point recommend their clients to somebody. And why couldn't that someone be you? You see, if you've been in the business for any length of time, you know that there are certain people in the business that have connections with centers of influence and they get a steady stream of prospects that turn into clients. And there are plenty of people that don't. That's why I wanted to do this podcast today. I want to help you to understand the process so that you can create an effective center of influence campaign. So what we're going to do are three things in this podcast. First, connecting with centers of influence so that you understand what it takes to make the connection. Second, the seven-step COI system so that you have a step-by-step process for creating an effective COI campaign. And third, understanding the next level so that you know what to do when you're ready for the next step. Now, before we jump into those three things that we're going to learn in this podcast, I need to ask you a few questions. What would your business be like and your life be like if you had a process for connecting with setters of influence? Would you feel energized? Would you feel empowered? Would you like your business more? And would you apply what you learned? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. Connecting with centers of influence. Creating an effective COI campaign is not easy, but it can happen. (laughs) You can create one. But before we get into the actual step-by-step process, there are three things that you should know about. First, the importance of having strategic partnerships. Second, understanding strategic partnerships. And third, why most COI campaigns actually fail. So let's take a deeper dive into each one of these topics so that you understand what you need to understand before we get into the step-by-step process. The importance of having strategic partnerships. 
all successful and experienced attorneys and accountants have actually, like I said before, referred clients to financial advisors at one time or another. And the reason they've done this is because they realize that at some point they have clients that need help, need financial advisory help and recommendations. So why should why should having a strategic partnership with attorneys and accountants be important for you? Well, it's important because successful and experienced attorneys and accountants work with affluent clients. And at some point, some of those clients are going to need your help. And when this happens, you want to be the first one that they, they think of, those COIs are thinking about, and you want them to refer their clients to you. So let's talk about things that you need to know about. Understanding Strategic Partnerships Before we discuss the specifics of how to form strategic partnerships, we must first draw a clear distinction between the two most common partnerships that are out there, strategic alliances and strategic partnerships. See, the main difference is the level of relationship that you have with the accountant or the attorney or any other professional for that matter. And it, it's got to be the type of relationship that brings you a steady stream of qualified prospects. The following will help illustrate the difference. So here's what I mean. A strategic alliance usually gives you an occasional referral every once in a while. However, the referrals are not very qualified and they're generally sp sporadic. In other words, every so often you get an attorney or an accountant that will call you up and with a name and, and a phone number of their client, but there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that the prospect is really qualified and or that they're even interested at all. And it doesn't really seem like a referral. A strategic partnership, on the other hand, usually gives you a, a steady stream of qualified prospects that need and understand your services. See, the prospect has already been prepped on the qualifications that you have, on the quality of your work, and basically, they trust you. And they've been prepped by that strategic partner. Now, a strategic alliance, on the other hand, views you as one of a small number of possible financial advisors or insurance agents that may or may not help their client, and they may or may not refer you, but you were on a list of one of maybe three. <laughs> a strategic partnership, on the other hand, views you as the only one. You're the person that their client needs to talk to. So these strategic alliances are really formed with a large number of professionals. And what they're doing is they're just creating a list. Here are a list of advisors that, that my client could talk to. Here are three or four or five. In other words, the more strategic alliances you have, the higher probability of getting more referrals. But they're not always qualified. And you never know when you're going to get one. Strategic partnerships, on the other hand, are formed with a much smaller amount of professionals, usually about five to seven max, because of the nature of the strategic collaboration that it takes between the client and the financial advisor and the attorney or the accountant or any other professional. Remember, in a strategic partnership, you're viewed as the important part of that professional's team. And that's the difference. In a strategic alliance, you're just viewed as a commodity. You're just one possible financial advisor or insurance agent that the client may or may not want to work with. And it's not really necessary for you to be a part of the team because you're just one of many. 
Because of the nature of this relationship, you can be replaced easily. And someone else can just fill your spot. Somebody else that has the same products and services, that is. But the interesting thing is, is that the strategic partnership, you're irreplaceable because they trust you. And it's because of the nature of your relationship that you have with them. It's your integrity, your technical expertise. And this is what sets you apart <laughs> from a list of people that are basically able to do what you can do. However, you've got a strong relationship with the COI. So let's go to the final thing that you need to know. Why most center of influence campaigns fail. There's always a challenge in running any campaign successfully. However, running a successful strategic partnership campaign might be one of the most difficult things to do. See, the main reason is, is that the foundation of this campaign is really formed by having strong and deep strategic relationships with the attorney, with the accountant, or any other professional that you want to connect with. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about most common reasons why most center of influence campaigns actually fail. They fail to create a deep relationship. The first one is the professional has a misunderstanding or a misunderstood perception of you, the advisor. So let's face it, attorneys and accountants, they constantly get interrupted by advisors, financial advisors, that is, who want to form strategic alliances. Notice what I said, alliances with them. And most experienced and successful attorneys and, and accountants get at least one phone call every month from some eager, usually rookie, financial advisor who wants to form a strategic alliance, not partnership. Now, these types of calls, they get annoying. They get annoying. In fact, I had a client years ago who was a former attorney, and he said, oh, he'd get these calls at least once a month, if not twice, from somebody new that wanted to get introduced to his clients. And when the advisor conducts the call, they do it a lot of times in the wrong way. And what happens is, is that a lot of professionals already have a negative perception of what you do when you call them and that you're no different than anybody else. Remember, you're not calling to form a strategic alliance. What you want to do is you want to form a strategic partnership. Now, the second one is this, the advisor having an advisor-centered approach. And here's what I mean. An advisor-centered approach means that it's all about me, the advisor. Why would an accountant or an attorney or any other professional want to help you build your business? They probably wouldn't. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about why revenue sharing doesn't work. You see, most financial advisors who say that the answer to the previous question, why would they want to help me with my business, is because they would, could make a little money off that. But attorneys and accountants that are interested in revenue, they probably will throw you to the wayside the next time somebody else comes by that has more revenue from them. But also, <laughs> revenue really isn't worth it to them. And here's why. It's because they can't get enough revenue from you if you do something wrong and they don't trust you and they don't know you. Experienced professionals don't want to jeopardize the relationship that they have with a client for a percentage of what you 
can help make them. I went through this years ago when I was basically a rookie calling CPAs and explaining that I have a revenue sharing program I'd love to talk to you about. They didn't want to hear it. It's not worth it to them. In fact, if you do the math, you'd realize it wouldn't be worth it to you if you were them. So revenue sharing just doesn't work. <laughs> Let's talk about relying on re referral swapping and why that doesn't work. You see, most advisors and agents feel that if they give a referral to an accountant or an attorney, that they expect to get a referral back. The problem with this whole concept is that somebody's always going to feel that they're referring more people to the other person. And this is the beginning of the end. See, when the relationship is built on referral swapping, you're setting yourself up for a disappointment because by the very nature of, of how many people that you can actually refer to them, let's take an attorney, for example, a divorce attorney. Well, how many of your clients are you going to ask, hey, do you need a divorce attorney? Probably not many. But at the same time, you're going to want that divorce attorney to give you referrals. And the third one, the third one is the advisor's impatience with the campaign. See, it's interesting to note that one of the most successful financial advisors that I know of in the art of forming strategic par partnerships is a woman that I coached years ago who created an incredibly lucrative specialized business. It's interesting because she specialized in and offshore tax strategies to reduce taxes for high net worth clients. And by forming strategic partnerships with successful accountants, she told me that it took on average about 18 months to form those strategic partnerships. 18 months because the accountant needed to take time to understand how valuable their relationship really is. See, this is where most financial advisors fail in having the tenacity to continue building the relationship because they just drop the ball. They don't want to keep doing it. Don't let your time schedule or the lack of time schedule hold you back from success. What you want to do is have a great process or a great system for connecting with centers of influence that's effective. And that is what we're going to talk about next the seven step coi system in order to create an effective coi campaign you need a step-by-step -step system to do it that's why i'm gonna i'm gonna walk you through a process that one of my clients used to create connections that were eventually giving him the majority of his referrals and new clients so the following is a brief overview of the seven steps to create a successful center of influence campaign. Let's begin with step one. Step one, list your top clients. The goal here is to create a connection with your top clients, accountants, and attorneys. To do that, you have to first identify who your top clients and attorneys are and make a list of them. And you'd make the list on what I call a COI campaign tracker. So what my client did was he just simply took the top clients that he has and he created a list. It wasn't too tough for him because he knew the clients that were his top clients that were giving him the most revenue and who had the biggest accounts. And then we went to the next step. 
Step two, list your top clients' attorneys and accountants. This step is designed to help you identify if you already know who your top clients' attorneys and accountants are. You may have heard of them before, or you may not have. A lot of times, clients, especially if they're your top clients, have told you stories about their COI. The ones that could go on this tracker, that is. So all you have to do is write down the names that you can remember and basically have two more columns. So the first column is the name of the client. The second column is the attorney. And the third column is accountant. Now the tracker can be that simple. And what my client did was he created an Excel spreadsheet with simply that. He labeled it COI campaign. Then he put basically the date on the far left, the name of the client, then the next column was the accountant, and the final column was attorney. And once you have that done, all you need to do is just fill it in to see who you already know. And what that'll do is it'll help you to understand how many people that you do know that are centers of influence that are connected to your clients, your top clients, that is. My client did all of this, and so we went to the next step. Step three, the COI dialogue. So this step is really designed to help you to know what to say to, to get an introduction to your top clients' connections. And what I've done is I've mapped out questions. It's all about questions to help take them down a path so that they are open to introducing you to their center of influence. Now, what we're going to do is go through each one of these questions, and I'll explain why I'm asking that question. So let's go into the first one. Question number one. Question number one is this, quote, do you have any other questions about anything that we talked about today before we go, unquote. Now, the reason you're asking that question is just to finalize, basically, that you've serviced them and that you're done. Or you can answer any additional questions that they have. Question number two, quote, I noticed on your account information that we don't have any record of your accountant or your attorney. Do you have them? Unquote. Now, this is a pretty harmless question, safe question. And they're going to answer that with a yes-no answer because it was a closed-ended question. And they're probably going to say, yeah, I've got an accountant. I've had a, an attorney as well. We go into question number three. Quote, how long have you worked with each of them? Unquote. What we're really doing is we're trying to qualify them. What is the relationship like? Have they known them for a long time or not? Question number four, quote, tell me a little bit about both of them. Have you been with them for a long time? <laughs> what do you like about working with them? Unquote. Now they're going to associate and they're going to start thinking about the attorney and the accountant and they're going to explain what they like about them. There's a reason why. And the reason why is because I want to see the emotional connection that they have. Let's go into number five. Quote, the reason I ask is because we tend to, to get introductions to our top clients, accountants, and attorneys so that we already know them in case they have any questions for us or we have any, any questions for them. It also helps our great clients to know that the people they work with know each other. End quote. The reason we did that is to give them an idea, kind of that herd mentality. We do this all the time, and we want to know your CPA or your attorney. 
Question number six, quote, Would you be interested in having a lunch meeting with you and your accountant or attorney and me? And that way, we can get to know them and they can get to know us, end quote. What we did right there is we just kind of sprinkled in the idea and the benefit behind getting together. And watch what they'll say at that point. It's harmless. They'll probably say yes. Question number seven, quote, Would you mind sending them an email and copying us to introduce us and see if they have any interest in having lunch? End quote. Now we're getting the client to make the introduction. That's a big difference from what I was talking about before. You're not that person calling out of the blue trying to see if you can get referrals from that person. Number eight, quote, if they have any questions about us or, or what the lunch meeting was ab- is about, then please let me know. Again, it's so that we, we can get to know them and they can get to know us. That way we both can service you better. Thanks, end quote. What we did here is we, we easily had a dialogue and my client understood the dialogue He had it down pat. And then we went to the next step. Step four, the client and COI appointment. Okay, so this step is designed to help the the financial advisor make a connection with the client and the COI during the lunch meeting. The way to do this is really to do the following. First, ask how the COI and the client met. The reason you want to do that is so that You can see the story and you can get the connection between those two. Then, get the COI to tell you his or her backstory. It might be a simple question like, well, how long have you been in business? What what got you into this business? Then, we find out how the COI runs their business. Well, tell me a little bit about your business. Do you typically work with people just like, and point to the client? Find out what they specialize in, what their target market is. And the next thing, find out how you, the advisor, can help with the mutual client. So how do you think I could help both of you better? Ask that question to both of them. Then next, find out what the client would want from both of you. So what do you think you need from both of us? And let the client talk. And then finally, finish the lunch meeting by thanking the COI and getting their contact information. Hey, can I grab your card? You never know when my, one of my other clients might need a, an accountant. My client understood the process, and he, he had a lunch meeting. He had a few lunch meetings, actually. And what he found was the accountants were great, but he had a little kind of a tough time with the attorneys. They were reluctant to get together with him. But he had the first couple of meetings, and they went well. And then we went to the next step. Step five, the follow-up call. So this step is designed to continue the connection with the COI after the lunch meeting. The following day, call the COI to thank them again for the lunch meeting. Then ask them if they'd be interested in scheduling a meeting with you, just you two, to learn more about their business. See, the way you do this is with framing the conversation. It's a four-step process, and it's intro, reason, three benefits, and close. And it would sound something like this. Hi, Joe. Hey, this is Dan with Investor Solutions. We, we were having lunch yesterday. Hey, the reason for my call is just to say thanks. Thanks for meeting with me. And to see if you're interested in getting together next week, and here's why, in your office. 
That way, I can learn more about your business. I can understand what type of clients you're really looking for, and we could see if if I can help you in any other way. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? Now, be ready for a possible objection like, well, let me think about it. I'm kind of busy. Or And when you get those, normally, I'd say do the smokescreen technique to find out the real objection. But in this case, don't. Instead, just back away from it. Thank them for their time, and I get it that you're busy. Maybe we can do it another time. Just get away from the conversation. See, at this point, they're not interested in pursuing a connection, and that's okay. Because we can just back away and put them on a drip campaign and send stuff quarterly and eventually call again. Now, my client, the financial advisor, started making these calls and setting a second appointment, so we went to the next step. Step six, the second meeting with the COI. This step is designed to make a better connection by understanding their business and also for you to give them a second opinion on their portfolio. There's a reason why. And what we're trying to do is turn them into your client. So here's what we do in that meeting. We find out all about them. We show them an example of, a, let's say, a financial plan that you did for the mutual client. We ask if they're interested in getting a second opinion on their portfolio. And if they don't agree, just keep them on the quarterly email drip or the monthly email drip. Call them every once in a while. But if they do agree, get their statements and set another appointment. Or set another appointment and then call them back for their statements. But hopefully you can get the statements right there. And then finish the meeting by thanking them again. And basically finding out when you can meet again to show them the plan. See, this is what my client did. And although it it didn't work all the time, it did work sometime. And when it did, we went to the next step. Step seven, turning the COI into a client. Now this step is fun. <laughs> this step is designed to turn the COI into a client during the recommendation meeting. And when you prepare for the meeting by practicing what I call the psychology of closing the second appointment, as well as another technique called the question path exercise, you'll take them down a path to understand they should work with you. And once you close that center of influence, you have to treat them like an A-plus client. See, once this happens, when they're a client and you treat them like an A-plus client, what you're going to find is now you start to get referrals. Now, my client knew what these techniques are. And you may not know, the psychology of closing the second appointment is just a template that I put together, but it works. In fact, I had a client close 20 out of 21 people in a row using this process. And the question path exercise is a tool that I mapped out for my clients to help them in a presentation to get their prospects to buy. People hate to be sold, but they love to buy. So, my client started doing this, and he started closing COIs, and as a result, it was working. And let me tell you why it was working. Why the COI campaign works. The COI campaign is exactly the campaign that my client used to close six CPAs over the course of a year. 
each of these was a direct result of being introduced to, to them by his top clients. However, his goal was to duplicate that campaign once a month with one new COI. And over the course of a year, he turned half of those into clients. So he got six CPAs as clients. And the following year, he reported to me that the majority of his new clients were a direct result of this campaign. See, those CPAs, those six, were giving him a steady stream of referrals. And the reason why the COI campaign works is because you're leveraging your client relationships to meet those that they trust in front of your client. And once you show the COI, it, whether it's a CPA or, or, or an attorney, your value, they'll start to trust you too. And finally, once you prove yourself as their financial advisor, you can leverage their client relationships by getting referrals. And once that happens, that's a game changer. Understanding the next level. So I said we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, connecting with centers of influence. Check, we did that. Second, the seven-step COI system. Check, we did that too. Now what we're going to talk about is understanding the next level. So you know what to do when you're ready to take the next step. What you probably know by now is that having the right system to connect with COIs is a must if you want to succeed with this process. But what you may not know is that getting the right coach and coaching will help you get there a lot faster. It'll help you to create an effective COI campaign. And as a result, you'll get success. In fact, I've been in the industry for 30 years and I've been coaching financial advisors and agents since 2004. And as a result, I've taken advisors and agents of every type to the next level. The only real question is, are you ready for the next step? So what is the next step? Well, the next step is simple. It takes only about 30 seconds and it's probably the most important step you're ever going to take in your business. And here's why. You could either disregard everything you heard in this podcast and go back to doing whatever you were doing. And that's the wrong step in the wrong direction. Or you could take a step in the right direction. You could take 30 seconds to take the step in the right direction by, by emailing me right now with a little note that says, let's talk in the subject line. And along with a, a little bit of information about your experiences and your challenges, and I'll reply and we'll set up a time to talk about the solutions. We'll have a free coaching session. And this is absolutely the right step in the right direction because if you do, you'll start the process of getting connections, camaraderie, and ancillary learning, and it's probably what you've always needed. Also, you'll be able to finally have the solutions to help you create an effective center of influence campaign. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard, and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program or 
the Advisor Solutions individual coaching programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time. We'll be right back.